Amen. I hope I'm ready. <laughs> I don't want to be caught unaware. But he's coming, ready or not. Amen. Good to see Paula here tonight, isn't it? Amen. Thank the Lord for his grace that allows us. You know, different, different people has different burdens. Uh, mine's not yours, yours not mine. But we all got them. The Bible teaches that the Lord tries people. Now, his business, not mine. Uh, he tried Abraham, tempted Abraham. Uh, we live, and this may help you, I'll preach in a minute. We live in the Laodicean age. Right. So do not really expect Philadelphia Church right. yeah. in a Laodicean age. Amen. Amen. They, they had a responsibility to keep the word. Y'all remember that? Yeah. And they did. They gave us the word. A.V. 1611, in the Philadelphia age. But then, uh, when we moved into Laodicea, the devil's got his word out there. All, all kind of uh, different Bibles and different opinions of what God might have said. But I'm just going to stick with this, that he said what he meant, meant what he said. A challenge is the virgin birth. Uh, people say that couldn't be. Well, I agree with that. It's an impossibility with men. But it's not with God. So let's, let's look at that scripture that we use on that, Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7, and I'll start there at verse 10. Moreover, the Lord spake again unto Ahaz. Ahaz was a wicked king. And I look at what he said in verse 11. Uh, Ask thee a sign of the Lord. Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. Ask for anything that you want. Wow, what a deal, man. I wish he'd make that deal with me. <laughs> but look at that, that unsaved king. Look what he said. Verse 12. Ahaz said, I will not ask. Neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, Hear ye now, O house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? You wouldn't ask for a sign, but I'm going to give you a sign. Yeah. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. And now notice what that sign is. The Bible said, Behold, a virgin shall yeah. conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Yeah. A virgin shall, and some people says, well, that should be young woman. Yeah. But let me ask you, what would be a sign about a young woman? Bearing it. They do it all the time. Yeah. Down there, women's children every day. Yeah. But it's not every day that a virgin comes in there yeah. with child. Yeah. That's what Christmas is about. Right. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us tonight. God bless you. Lord God, help us to look at the things that 
are of God and not the things that are of the world. I pray, Father, that you would bless the preaching of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, I studied my Bible a little bit on it, and I got to say that Ahaz was, was not a, a timid man. He was not even a peaceful man. He was a war hawk. And uh, this was wartime. Uh, Syria was at war with Israel, and, and they determined to go up and invade Jerusalem. They, they were... and. I don't know whether y'all saw the winds of doctrine as the world's going to tell Israel to stop. If y'all saw that, uh, that just shows you how dumb the world is, how useless the United Nations is. You see, if, if we would keep that, the way they set that up, it was a useless body because they put Russia and America there as being the guys that made the decision. So... Uh, if Russia makes a decision, America can null and void it. If America makes a decision, that, what a dumb thing. But they're working on our very president right now, amen, to come over to the Russian side and tell Israel you cannot stop Hamas from murdering your people. Basically, this is what was going on in Ahaz's time. And Ahaz had went out to inspect his fortifications and, and in preparation for the battle. But the hopes of the nation hang on this son of David who was a, anything but like David. Yeah. Promises from the house of Aaron had failed, if y'all remember that. Yeah. And the link between God and his people had transferred to the house of David. Yeah. And Ahaz had set up an altar of idolatry and forsaken the altar of God. This is the seventh chapter. It is an attempt for God to try to get him back. He's always asking people to come back. But we have a tendency to harden our heart and say, I'm not going to listen to what God's got to say. Amen. Uh, uh, Lip service will do that real well, but uh, uh, heart service is, is what God's after. In verse 11, God condescend to do just what the carnal-minded king would even dream of. You want a mansion, I'll give you a mansion. You want a Cadillac, I'll give you a Cadillac. Ask for a sign. Now, if I remember right, there's two people that got that opportunity. Y'all remember First one was Solomon. Whenever he was dedicating the temple, God said, ask for what you want. And of course, Solomon asked. Solomon said, well, I'd, I'd like to be smart. I'd like to be wise enough to rule Israel. That, that was a good, uh, and he was. He was wise enough. God allowed him uh, the wisdom to rule Israel. But Ahaz, the second time that God gave uh, opportunity, he said, no, I don't, want, I don't want to even tempt the Lord. God had said, what, it can't get too low. It can't get too high. Uh, it, it's not high enough, not low enough that God can't do it. God will do whatever uh, he wants. He's able to perform it. Right. But Ahaz said, what do you 
what do you want me to do? Or, or God told Ahaz, what do you want me to do? I'll, I'll do anything you ask of me. Compare Matthew 12, 38. Whenever Jesus was on earth, uh, they said, well, we'd like to have a sign. They said, ain't no sign given. You remember that? Uh, uh, those wicked Pharisees. Ahaz was offered the world if he would just simply put his faith in God. But he was too proud to humble himself before God. He was too proud to quit his idolatry, to quit the, the altars of uh, Baal that he'd set up. Uh, verse 13, it's bad enough when you bother the preacher, but now you're bothering God. You're aggravating God. I'll tell you what. I gave you a chance, he said. I gave you a chance to ask for a sign. You turned it down. If I'm going to take it up on myself, I'm going to give you a sign. And the sign I'm going to give you is a virgin is going to conceive and bear a son. And and that son will be God with you. That's what Emmanuel means. So I want to just for a few Moments tonight, think about, number one, think about the, the, the wonder of it. The, the marvel of Christmas, the marvel of the sign, Emmanuel. God will take upon himself the likeness of men. Amen. Uh, can you imagine that, that, that God uh, would become flesh and dwell among us and we could behold his glory? The children are flesh and blood. And so he doesn't take upon himself the nature of angels, but he takes on flesh and blood just like you and I. I mean, he could feel pain just like you and I. He could get tired and want to go to sleep just like you and I. He could get hungry just like you and I. He could die just like you and I. The only difference between him and me is he wasn't a sinner. That's the only difference. The understanding of such an event as Christmas is uh, uh, too high for me. We see through a dark glass. We can't grasp it all. If we could but comprehend, the angels of heaven would not be the only ones saying glory to God in the highest. In the multitude, uh, myriads that streamed forth from the glory land came from beyond those pearly gates and just the sky's just full of them as they came and came and came and came and came and every one of them saying glory to God. Imagine the wonder of that virgin birth. Seemingly endless number that came uh, from beyond uh, the pearly gates and watched in wonder as the Son of God became the Son of Man. There's no other event in history that would parallel Amen. If we do not have a thing with which to compare it, it stands alone. It's a phenomenon that that nobody could ever have anything whatsoever to compare to it. The creator of the sun and the moon and the stars, he who put the planets in their orbit and, and made the hills and the valleys of West Virginia and the rocks and the plains and the seas, He doesn't take on him the nature of angels. He takes it just like me. I'm tempted to ask why. 
uh, redemption, we wasn't worth it. Amen. You wasn't worth it. I wasn't worth it. Nobody was worth it. Ronnie wrote in the song. He didn't have to. I'm glad he did. The marvel of the virgin birth. Then let me say secondly, the necessity of the virgin birth. And without a sacrifice that would meet God's approval, man would be eternally lost forever and ever. Amen. There was a barrier that man could not overcome. It would take a perfect sinless person to redeem us. When Adam sinned, Adam died. And not only did he die, but death passed upon all men that were sons of Adam. Amen. Passed it on. As by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. For man to be made like him, he had to be made like us. Amen. For us to be partaker of his spirit, he had to partake of our flesh. Both he that's sanctified and that they that are sanctified are one. How long did God have that in mind? When, when Adam sinned in the garden, did, did the Lord jump up off his throne and begin to, to bite his fingernails and say, what am I going to do now? Is that the way it was? Uh, amen. I'm, I'm Calvin and us to tell you that before the world was ever formed, God had a plan. Amen. It, before the foundation of the world, He took oneness with us and He took oneness with our sins. He was not a sinner, but He took our sins in His body on the tree. He became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Humans are frail. Humans die. God is not frail. And God does not die. So how's he going to, how he fixes it where he would take something that could die. God is immortal. Amen. But he took a body that was weak and limited and natural constitution that they could nail to a cross and he could suffer and die. There on Calvary's tree. The Lord Jesus was nailed there for my sins. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The very fact that we are fragile should make us glory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory in His cross. He took our breakableness. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four. The same night He said, This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. It's a necessity to bridge the great gulf between man and God. God is infinite, man is finite. Something has got to bridge that gulf. God is omniscient. We are, we are stupid. Amen. Uh, uh, he had to learn obedience like, 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 like he didn't know what obedience was. Uh, he was omnipotent, we are frail, he is eternal, and we die. Why? Preacher, well, one of the songwriters said, I never did quite understand why a king would leave his throne, don the robe of a fleshly man and feel the pain, the pain, flesh, and bone 
Lay to tread that darksome path that leads to Calvary where the blood-red stains loosed all my chains so that I could go free. Hallelujah. I mean, that ought to have every one of us on our feet saying glory to God. No, I don't understand it, but I do believe it. The marvel of it, the necessity of it. Then let me say thirdly, the love of it. We are flesh and blood. We have no choice in the matter. But the Lord Jesus deliberately chose to suffer in our place. Deliberately volunteered to come to this world and take our sins. Amen. I think that that in heaven they, they don't have any run-down shacks up the hop. I don't even think it's any trailer parks. You know what I'm talking about? In heaven, I, I don't think there is any uh, 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 houses that should have been junked a long time ago. No ghettos, no sharecropper shacks. 2 Corinthians 8, 9, uh, uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. His poverty proved it was not a sin to be poor. Amen. It's awful unhandy. Amen. I know, well, I'd say most of my life, and uh, I I consider myself wealthy now, uh, but... uh, uh, you know, of course, I don't have no house on Fox Chase or anything like that, but I consider myself to be a wealthy man. But I've, all my life, I've considered myself to be a poor man. Yeah. Amen. I was raised in poor. Yeah. yeah, we had beans and taters, and wasn't no need to go next door because they'd go have taters and beans. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, the, the people next door was coal miners. I was a coal miner. My dad's a coal miner. We lived in a coal mining community. Hey, hey, we was poor people. And uh, it's not a sin to be poor, but it is very, very unhandy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, being uncontaminated by sin, and you know he wasn't contaminated because he chose right, yeah. to be born in a state. Yeah. He chose for that virgin birth uh, uh, to show itself in a poverty situation where that nobody can say Jesus don't know about me he knows about you in fact he's not a protester at all but our great high priest he took partition of us because he loved us I think the wonder of it and I think the necessity of it I think the love of it then I want to think of the results of it you see he was virgin born Everything that the Father needed to reconcile fallen man was provided by this virgin-born Son of God. Everything that was needed. He took our nature upon himself uh, uh, with that end in mind that he might reconcile us to God, that he might destroy the works of the devil, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, that he might purify unto himself a people zealous of good works. Uh, uh, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. Hey, if he would impute our trespasses to us, I, I for one would be in hell right now. Thank God he took them off of me and he put them on Jesus. The reality, the sad birth in a stable was actually a victory. 
Nobody realized it. They don't realize it today. The reality was the, the ignominious death of the cross was, looks like a great tragedy, but actually it was a great victory. There is where sin was defeated. There's where all of my transgressions were taken care of, that I could enter heaven's glory and just walk down the street of gold saying, I'm allowed to be here because the blood of Jesus Christ has paid for my sins. Things are not necessarily what they seem. Amen. It may look like we're losing. The Laodicean church is, the true church in, in Laodicea is shut out just like the true Savior shut out. We kind of knock, say, would you open the door, let us in? No, they don't, they don't. They have, I had, a, and I, I don't want to be mean, I don't want to be cruel. Lord, help me not to be cruel. Somebody last night had, invited me to their Christmas cantata. And I, I, as kindly as I could, I said, I'm not much on cantatas, friend. You go and have it. You, you do whatever you want. But I'm, I'm not interested in showing off people. Amen. Amen. I'm not interested in anybody. Amen. Yeah, that's right. uh, I, I, think, I think that we, as a, as a little flock, that, that just seemed to be just like our Lord turned out by the world. But I think that the greatest victory we can have is to belong to the Lord Jesus Amen. Christ. And know that because of that virgin-born Son of God, we too can have a home in glory. Let's bow for prayer.